Welcome to the Jeff Caven Show, where we talk about the Bible, discipleship, and evangelization, putting it all together and living as activated disciples. This is show 295, The List of Things to Forgive. Well, we all have them. We all have them, and that is wounds from time to time. Those aches and those pains of the soul that every once in a while raise their ugly head and play games with our mind and our heart and wreck our day. We've all had them, and maybe you have them right now. Hello, I'm Jeff Cavins, and today we're going to talk about the list of things to forgive. And the goal of this is to see you set free. And I can tell you right now, I have five things. This morning, I was praying with my wife in our daily Lexio Divina session, and I told her that there were five things on my heart to share with you today of uh, areas that you might need to forgive. And it was one of those mornings where I, I told Emily, I said, I really feel this is from the Lord. So when you listen today, Listen with an open heart and ask yourself, is that me? Am I struggling with this area of unforgiveness in my life? That's what we're going to talk about today. And if you want the show notes, and I do have some for today, simply type my name, Jeff Cavins, one word, and you can send it to 33777, 33777. That's a text message, and we'll get you on the list. Before we get into the, the list of things to forgive in our life today and talk about the woundedness that some people are going through and what happens if we don't forgive, I do want to remind you, I am now, right to my left, I have my hand on the brand new Ascension Catechism. <laughs> I got a first copy, one of the first copies, and I am holding it now. And I'm look, I tell you what, this is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And we'll put some information in the show notes for you. I brought this to the seminary yesterday, and I teach a class on the Pentateuch at the seminary, and I held up this catechism, and all of the seminarians in my class, 13 of them, we all stood there, and we got a great picture. And uh, I gave the the uh, the new catechism to one of the, the seminarians, and I said, would you do the honor of first reading out of this? I need uh, I need you to read a certain paragraph for the teaching I was doing yesterday on, on the Pentateuch, and I got a picture of that. It was so much fun. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you, I got one. You are going to love it. <laughs> You're going to love it. And when we do catechism in a year coming up, Father Mike Schmitz, and uh, the whole, there's going to be a lot of people involved in this, by the way. It's really going to be an amazing year. You're going to want to get your catechism, so I got the information in the show notes. Get on the pre-order right now. It's like the Bible in a year. The Bible's just went, boom, right off the shelf, and I think that's going to happen with the catechisms, too. So get ahead of the crowd right now and get your, get your catechism. I was also going to mention to you, in light of Christmas coming up, to get an insight journal. The Insight Journal is something that Father Mike and I put together a while ago that is a special journal that's laid out for you to keep track of the real gold in your life, the real insights that, that God reveals to you and month in, month out, year in, year out. And it's actually designed for you to keep these and to pass them on to relatives later if you want to, or to keep an Insight Journal for your children as they're growing up. And when they turn 18, you can pass on to them all this wisdom and all this insight that is very, very important. Third thing, before we get into the list of things to forgive, 
you got to get a great adventure Bible. And the new large print came out. Wow. Could become my favorite because it's it's big. It lays out flat on my desk, has a lot of room for marking in it. And you know I like to mark in my Bibles. And uh, anyway, check that out. We'll put all that in the in the show notes. Okay. Right now in your life, is there something festering? Now, if it's your body and you've got something festering, you know, on your skin, you know it. And it can be something very small, but you're completely wrapped up in it. You're completely consumed with the smallest of wounds on your hands or feet or wherever it might be. But somewhere, are you wounded? Does it preoccupy you and raise its ugly head when you go by the mall? When you hear a song on the radio? Do people still listen to the radio? When you hear a song on your smartphone? When someone's name comes up or... Someone mentions a relative, does all of a sudden your blood pressure go up and you're like, oh, why did you bring up that? And there's that wound festering again. Listen, a wound that festers won't heal. It will not heal. In order for you to uh, heal from these wounds of uh, unforgiveness, these wounds that you've been hurt, someone said something or did something to you, you need to be healed. And Jesus can heal you. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this today, here we are at the beginning of, uh, the beginning of November 2022, if you're listening to this out of order, uh, the holidays are right around the corner. And I know, I'm just, I'm looking out for you. I'm preparing you to go into the holidays free of festering wounds. Be free. You don't need to go into the holidays with all that hurt and all that pain. And, and why do that to yourself? Why? Why, why? Let's take care of it today, and let's allow the forgiveness of God to to be the salve in those wounds and allow him to heal you. And there's going to be one word that we're going to look at here as we're going to look at some scripture, and that is uh, a wound that needs to be forgiven is a wound where we need to release other people. That word release in forgiveness is going to be so important, and if if you can learn to forgive and release people, then it's going to have an effect on your mind. It's going to have an effect on your soul and your even your body. Even your body. You know that when you get all wrapped up in envy and anger and unforgiveness, it affects you. A, a number of years ago, I was at Mayo Clinic, and I was talking to a doctor there in their alternative medicine department, wonderful man. He said that, he, this was his, now this isn't medical advice, so don't don't write me about it. But he said, he said, I'd rather you smoke a few cigarettes a day than to walk in unforgiveness or anger. He said it has a, a very, very big impact on your physical body. And I, I would say that uh, this idea of forgiving is hard for a lot of people because I think personally it's the hardest thing to do as a Christian. The hardest thing to do as a Christian is not to man the beer tent at the fall festival. It isn't to be an usher. It, it, it's not even to teach a junior high CCD class. The hardest thing about being a Christian is doing what Jesus did, and that is picking up the cross and your cross, not 24 karat, but pick up your cross and follow Jesus. And that's what I'm encouraging you today to do, to do that today, to pick up your cross and follow him. Properly deal with the pain in your life and the suffering in your life. Maybe you're stuck right now. You know, over the last couple of years, COVID has has really has really done a number on on people. 
and not only our kids in school, but on relationships. You know, for the first time in your marriage, maybe you and your husband were with each other, in your mind at least, maybe one too many days, you know, just with each other constantly, and maybe things were said, maybe things were done that you wish you could take back. You regret what you said. You regret what you did. You regret what became of your relationship with your boss, your friend, your spouse, your your roommate, whoever, and uh, it left people hurt. And so there's a little bit of cleanup uh, going on here after COVID because that was uh, an anomaly. That was very different and hard on some relationships. Now, the truth is you could probably put together a list of things that you need to forgive. You need to release people. Just starting in your own family, if you took your spouse or your roommate or your brother, your sister, your parents, your boss, whoever it might be, you could probably put on a piece of paper, a few things about different individuals that you feel like, man, I need to forgive them. That's really bugging me. That's preoccupying my my mind. And you could have one list for everyone in your life. And who knows? <laughs> Maybe you're on someone else's list, right? The situation needs to needs attention. It, it really does. So what I'd like to do is I, I want to mention five areas that I think the Lord put on my heart this morning to share with you, and that if you fit one of these five areas, uh, take it seriously. Maybe the Lord is speaking to you to address the unforgiveness in your life and uh, bring that to the Lord and allow him to heal you in this area. Okay? Okay, here we go. Number one, and this was on my heart this morning, and I, I told my I told my wife this, uh, uh, Emily. I, I said, you know, I think the Lord has put this on my heart that there are some people that need to forgive their in-laws. That's right, their in-laws. And if that's for you right now, you're saying you grabbed your head and you're saying, oh no, I can't believe this. I cannot believe he said that today. That's spot on. That is spot on. That's the elephant in the room, the crocodile in the swamp, the groundhog on the mound, the shark in the bay, the monkey in the tree. I think you know what I'm talking about. It's right there. And you, you've been thinking about this. You've been wrestling with it. You've been, you even got into an argument with your spouse about your in-laws. Something was said, something was done a while ago that tripped your trigger and you have not been able to shake it. And it's getting in the way of your relationship. And if you have kids, it's getting in the way of their relationship with grandma and grandpa. And Jesus wants you to do something about it today. If you have unforgiveness towards your in-laws, I am so blessed because I, I had a wonderful mother-in-law and a father-in-law. And in fact, my mother-in-law was a key person in really bringing me to a deeper relationship with the Lord. But over the 40-some years before she passed away that, I, I, that she was my mother-in-law, well, there was probably a couple of times, two or three times, where I was like, oh, I'm a little little peeved, you know, about this or that. And I had to resolve that. And that that's an important thing to do. So we're going to talk about that in just a little bit, about the, the process of forgiving and releasing people. But I just want to go on record as forgive in-laws. Maybe that's you. The second one was this one. Have, have you ever had a job that it started really good and then Things started to go south, and before you know it, you were talking with your family and friends, and you were talking about, you know what, I think I'm going to start looking for another job. And it's not the job you didn't like, it was your boss that you didn't like. 
And I want to ask you today, are you carrying pain? Are you carrying unforgiveness regarding your former boss? You haven't been able to shake it. It's following you. In fact, man, it followed you into the new job. You thought leaving that old job would get rid of that monkey on the back. And now here it is again. And the Lord wants you to be free from that. Cut the ties. Walk in freedom. So it's forgiving in-laws, forgiving your former boss. And then there's another one that I hear this. I was a pastor for 12 years. I heard it a lot then. And I hear it now. I'm a layman. I still hear it. Forgiving your ex. I know that I have so many wonderful friends that are with me every week on the show that have been divorced. And uh, it was messy. It hurt. It It wasn't good at all. And now you're carrying the weight of that pain in your heart. And you have had this new relationship with the Lord. You're excited about the Lord, but you haven't come to the point yet where you can bring this to him and go to confession and release your ex. Even if you had an annulment and you are married, you are newly married, maybe there still is something inside where you need to bring it to the Lord and release that man, release that woman. And the fourth one, and this is a big one. I have heard this one quite a bit, especially in the last five years with social media and the expectations put on young people today, and that is forgiving your parents. Forgiving your parents. As we know, no, no mom is perfect, no dad is perfect, except for your house, of course. But no one, in all seriousness, nobody is perfect. And, and a lot of times there are wounds that take place. There are, there are things that happen between a father and his children where maybe he got angry, maybe he was uh, tough on you, maybe he became a different person when he drank, and you have carried that now into adulthood, and you want to let that go today. I don't think this is an accident, my friend, that you're listening I do not think it's an accident. I think the Lord wants to free you. He wants to free you, and he wants to make you new in that area, to forgive your parents, to release them, and give Jesus an opportunity to not only minister to them, but to soothe your wounds. And then the fifth one, which is a a big one, I'd have to say that when I was a pastor, I heard this one. I would say this ranked in the top three of maybe the top ten things that people needed to forgive, and that is forgiving your siblings, your brother, your sister, your brothers, your sisters, that something happened. You and I were sitting right across from each other right now and having a cup of coffee and a donut. We would talk about it, and you would be able to say, yeah, I'll tell you what happened when I was in high school, or I'll tell you what happened a couple years after we got married. I'll tell you what happened on that uh, Thanksgiving dinner seven years ago, and there has been this pain in your life. So these are five pretty big things, forgiving in-laws, forgiving your former boss, forgiving your ex, forgiving your parents, forgiving your siblings, very serious things. And sometimes these things didn't start as a major thing. You know, someone didn't come over and burn your house down and you say, you know, I've copped an attitude over that. We're not talking about that. Sometimes some, you know, it started with somebody loaning $20 to someone. They said, I'll get you next week. And they forgot. You didn't say anything. Started to fester. You started to notice other things. Maybe they're taking advantage of you. Maybe they, they don't respect you. Well, it can get to the point where 
it actually becomes something you're thinking about throughout the day and certainly every time you see them. Sure, you can put a Band-Aid on it, but it's still there. Just because you put a Band-Aid on a wound doesn't mean it's gone away. Kind of like the ostrich putting his head in the sand. Just because you stick a a Band-Aid on that wound doesn't mean the wound is gone. It just means that you temporarily can't see it. But most likely you can feel it. You know it's there. So a little pre-holiday preparation. By the way, I wanted to share this with you. The longer you keep this pain and keep this unforgiveness towards an individual, whether it be in-laws or boss, farmer boss, ex, parents, siblings, the longer you keep it, the odds are the more people you share it with. And the more people you share it with makes your situation even more complex because your relationship with that person that you need to forgive is being complicated by the fact that other people know it now. And once you do reconcile with that ex or reconcile with your parents or your in-laws, what are you going to do about the 15 people you shared this with? And you badmouth that person. You, uh, you said things about them that are hard to take back. They're out there. It's like opening up a feather pillow and letting all the feathers blow in the wind and then say later, man, I'm gonna, I want to get all that back into the pillow. Good luck. I always tell people, you know, when, when they uh, struggle with these, uh, with these types of sins, that the key here really is to take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord and allow him to do what you can't do and allow him to do what a Band-Aid can never, ever do. So this is what I want to share with you. And you, you say, Jeff, I forgave them. Then why are you rehearsing this? Why are you thinking about it so much? When we come back from the break, I want to share with you a little story in the Bible that opens up wide this issue of forgiveness and release. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. Am I saved? How do I develop a better prayer life? How do I trust in God? The Curious Catholic is a new series of bite-sized books from Ascension that answer these questions and more. The Curious Catholic features small books from various authors that provide busy Catholics ways to go deeper into spiritual questions. The first three titles in the series are from Father Mike Schmitz, host of the Bible in a Year podcast. Father Mike's books explore the topics of salvation, prayer, and trusting in God. To learn more about the Curious Catholic series, go to ascensionpress.com slash curiouscatholic. That's ascensionpress.com slash curiouscatholic. And welcome back. Jeff Cavins with you talking about forgiveness today, the list of things to forgive. And maybe you have that list all written down, you know, about the different situations in your life that, that you struggle with. Might be in-laws, a former boss, your ex, parents, siblings. I'm sure there's more to put on the list for sure. I know that. So I want to draw your attention now, and I'll put this in the show notes, to Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Absolutely amazing, amazing parable that Jesus tells about, about the power of forgiveness and the power of unforgiveness in our lives. And this comes on the heels of St. Peter approaching Jesus and asking him this question. And maybe you've, <laughs> maybe you've asked this question too. And that is this, Lord, 
If my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times? Now that's a that's a straightforward question. And I think Peter's trying to be generous here. He says, how many times should I forgive the brother who sinned against me? Seven? Have you ever asked that question? How many times should I forgive someone? If they keep doing what they were doing, do I just keep forgiving them? Or do I say, okay, three strikes, you're out. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. Well, here's Jesus' answer when Peter says, as many as seven, Lord, waiting for, yay, Peter, that a boy. Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. 77 times. So, Seven times 70, 77. What is that in the original there? Just looking at that in my Bible here, 77 times. That's a lot. That is an awful lot. In other words, what Jesus is saying is you have to keep on forgiving. As often as someone hurts you, your response is forgiveness and release. And here's the story that he tells to back this up and to illustrate what he's talking about. I'll read this to you. And I know you're driving or running and and just leave the reading up to me here. It's Matthew 18. Jesus says, that is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, His master ordered him to be sold along with his wife, his children, and all his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did homage, did him homage and said, be patient with me and I will pay you back in full. I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave the loan. There you go. That's, that's pretty good. The servant who owed a tremendous amount of, of money. One translation says 15 years wages. That's a lot. That is really a lot. That's like having a credit card that has like, you know, two and a half billion dollars spent on it. How do you pay that back? Well, when he found out that his family was going to be sold to you know, at least to chop away at at everything that was owed, he fell down, did his homage and said, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But listen to this. The master said, it says that he was moved with compassion and the master of the servant let him go and forgave him the loan. He released him, says one translation, released him. And then get this. Now, you can you imagine if you, if you owed hundreds of years of salary and then somebody forgave you of that, just think of what you would feel like. That is incredible. Then, then in verse 28 of Matthew 18, when that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount and he seized him and started to choke him, demanding, pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. Now, that sounds like this second guy is in the same position, except he doesn't owe as much as the first. The first guy owed years and years worth of salary. This guy owns a few days' wages. And the guy who has forgiven the hundreds of years of salary, 
is now the, the, the man who was forgiven hundreds of years and released from hundreds of years is now choking the guy that owes him just a few days wages. And he refused. He refused when this man begged him as he had begged his master. But he refused. Instead, he had him put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now, when his fellow servants saw this on CNN and Fox, they saw what happened. They were deeply disturbed, and they went to their master and reported the whole affair. And it probably went something like this. You know that guy? You know that guy that you forgave the 150 years worth of wages? Yeah. Well, just moments ago, a guy owed him like four or five days wages, and he would not forgive him. And he put him in jail over it. So his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? And then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay the whole debt. There you go. That's the story. <laughs> that is very eye-opening. And, and here's the deal, is that if we as Christians have been given forgiveness, we've been given forgiveness by, by God for all the sins in our life, original sin and all of the committed sins, those things we did and failed to do, and Jesus has forgiven us, then it is incumbent upon us to release and forgive other people, no matter what the pain, no matter how deep the wound. It's what we're called to do because what he forgave in your life was so egregious. It was so deep. It was so much. And you couldn't pay it back. There was no way that you could pay it back. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The only way was for Jesus to do it for you. He forgave you. He took upon himself our punishment. He died for our sins. He purchased us by his blood. And so in this scenario, in Matthew 18, we see that if we fail to forgive others and release them. Then what happens is, and you, you just heard it there, in anger his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. Do you know that unforgiveness, is? Uh, it feels like being tortured? I've been there. Oh, I've been there. And I know you have been there. And it's torture. We don't need it, especially going into the holidays, especially going into eternity, right? We want to deal with this in our life now. But here's what I want to, here's what I want to draw your attention to. In verse 34, the parable, the story's over. The guy, the guy was handed over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt because he failed to release somebody else, their debt. The story's over. Good teaching. Wait a minute. Wait, there's one more verse can't believe that I missed this. It's verse 35, right on the heels of saying that in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. Oh man, here's the one I, I, I missed. It's verse 35. It says, so will my heavenly father do to you unless each of you forgive his brother from his heart. Mm, kind of a buzzkill there. That's, that's, uh, that kind of wrecked the story there, didn't it? No. It should actually wake us up. It should actually wake us up that Jesus is serious about this. If he has forgiven you so much, he is asking you to release other people and forgive 
other people. And that means forgiving your in-laws, releasing them, forgiving your former boss, your ex, your parents, forgiving your siblings. That's what he's asking us to do today, to forgive, to release. And that is the key there. It is to release. So what we don't want to do is we don't want to look at a crucifix of Jesus and then look over to the right and see your ex or see your ex-boss or to see your, you know, to see your parents or your, your siblings and you're so angry about things. We don't want to look at the cross and then look at them and say, Jesus, it's not finished. They owe me. I want a pound of their flesh. But listen, even if they paid you, even if your brother paid you, even if your ex paid you, it wouldn't be enough. If it was enough, Jesus wouldn't have had to come to earth and die for our sins. He paid the price. Your willingness to forgive is your yes to it is finished. Or your no is no, it's not finished. And so what will it be? I told you, I really felt that the Lord was leading me this morning in this. What will it be? Is it finished or is it not finished? You say, I want it to be finished. I know you do. Listen to what the Catholicism Answer Book, it's a great, great little book. The Catholicism Answer Book has a great definition of forgiveness here. I just want to, to give this to you, and it might help you in what you do. Uh, and before I read this, I'll, I'll say this. When it comes to forgiving these people, it's not a matter of feelings. It's a matter of a choice and the will. And you say, yeah, but what if I don't feel any different afterwards? Totally okay. Totally okay. Because feelings follow obedience. And I believe you will be healed. I do. I believe you'll be healed. You say, Jeff, will it go completely away? No, probably not. I mean, if you think about it, you know, or if you dwell on it, it won't go away. Or you do what I really encourage people not to do, and that is don't curse it. Don't nurse it. Don't rehearse it. You know, let it go. Let it go. Now listen to this definition. Forgiveness is to pardon someone who offended, hurt, or attacked us. It implies there is guilt in the offender, regardless of whether or not there is repentance, sorrow, or contrition. We can forgive those who have not even asked for our forgiveness. We are asked to forgive our enemies, to love them, and to pray for them. And so what I would encourage you to do is to make a resolve. If you've got that list and you think, these are the things that I'm carrying and I'm not letting go of them. I would encourage you to write them down. You know, if you want to write them down to take to confession and uh, or if you know them, you don't need to write them down. You can go to confession and I would encourage you to go and to say, Father, maybe I haven't been to confession for a while, but I need to go. I am carrying pain and unforgiveness in my life. I want to get rid of it. I want to unload it. I want to release those people. And so if you go to confession, that is the first step to releasing people, to forgive. And in that confessional, it's not just a spiritual exercise, it's an encounter with Jesus. It's an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus can set you free. You see, traps, which is what the enemy has been laying in your life, 
traps of unforgiveness. Traps are designed to be stronger than the one they are intended for, and they are devised in such a way that they don't look like a trap to the one they're intended for. You didn't know it, but you found out real quickly it's stronger than you. The pain is stronger than you. And that's why you need someone stronger than the trap to let you free, and that's Jesus. And that's what you'll get in confession. But once you go to confession and you release these people, then you have to stay on top of it and don't nurse it. Don't curse it. Don't rehearse it during the day. I've said that for years, and people will come up to me and say, I never forgot that, those three things you talk about. I don't want to nurse it. I don't want to curse it. I don't want to constantly rehearse this pain in my life. I want to be free. And so once you go to confession and you find that release, that, that freedom in, in confession, then I would encourage you to pray for the one who's offended you. Pray that God would give you a love for them. Pray that God would help you see them in new light. Pray that they will become closer to the Lord and that they will be the recipient of God's love and grace and, and mercy. Think well of them. Try to find things that are worth saying in a positive way about them. But thank the Lord for forgiveness. Thank the Lord for releasing you. We don't need to run around with these lists, especially going into the new year. Someone asked me a few years ago, they said, well, the one that I'm really angry with died. Okay. And, well, can I, can I still forgive them? Absolutely. You see, forgiveness is about them, but it's really also about you. It's for your heart. Forgiveness is for your heart. It's the salve of heaven. It's the balm of, of Gilead. And it's for you. Let me close with this. A couple celebrated their 50th anniversary when friends asked, what was the secret to success? They had such an amazing marriage and been married for 50 years. And the wife said, oh, it's very simple. Very, very simple. She said, before Henry and I got married, I was determined to write down a list of 10 things that I would always forgive him quickly for and then forget about it. After we got married, she said, Henry would do certain things and I would think, oh, lucky for him, that one is on the list. The young wives in the room scrambled to find pens and paper, anxious to copy down the 10 items on the old woman's list. So tell us, Grandma, one of them said, what were those 10 things? The grandmother smiled. To be honest, she said, I never got around to making that list. So every time Henry did something I didn't appreciate, I would just say, Lucky for him, that one is on the list. Did you get that? She never actually got around to making the list. But everything Henry did that offended her, bothered her, she said, he's lucky that one's on the list. And you know what? Your in-laws, your former boss, your ex, your parents, those siblings of yours, <laughs> they're lucky. Because what they did is on the list. It's on the list. And you can bring it to the Lord 
and you can receive that forgiveness. My friend, this is not just another podcast today. I really believe the Lord wants to minister to you. And I think it's a divine appointment. Allow me to pray for you as we we get out of this one. This has gone a little bit longer, but that's okay. Let me pray with you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Jesus, I love you. Thank you, oh God, for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for releasing me of all of my sins, original sin, and all the things that I have done and thought. I thank you for giving me the heart of a son. And I thank you for giving me the freedom of being a son of God. I thank you, Jesus, for the healing in my heart that you have provided. And now, Lord, I'm ready to release other people. I'm ready to do for others what you did for me. And Lord, I'll never expect anything because that's not what it's about. You forgave me even when I was dead in my trespasses and sins. And now, Lord, I extend forgiveness towards those who have hurt me. Go ahead, my friend. Just go ahead and pray and say, Lord, I forgive. And you can fill in the blank. I forgive them. I forgive them. I release them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I really encourage you, go to confession, seal the deal, make sure that you encounter Jesus and you release those people and walk in newness of life. And after you've done that, go to Mass as often as you can. Read the Word of God. Go through uh, the Bible in a year. Go through catechism in a year and get into a Bible study. Start fellowshipping with other people. And really buckle down. Spend some time in, in adoration with the Lord. After surgery, adoration. Rest in his arms. Good talking to you this week. And uh, uh, once again, share this show with all of your friends, would you? And if you can, go online and uh, give it a thumbs up, if you will, and um, leave some comments. Help me in getting the word of Jesus Christ and his forgiveness and what it, what it means to follow him as a disciple. Help me to get that message out. You and I will work as a team. God bless you. You have a great day. 